Hi, everyone. You're listening to I Don't Get It, a podcast about arts and performance in Edmonton. Um, my name is Fonda, and uh, you, yeah, I'm going to try that one more time. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. I don't like doing this myself. Hello, everyone. You're listening to I Don't Get It, which is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Fonda. Paul is away this week. And, um, well, it's summer. It's it's summer, not stummer. Summer. Uh, and that means some very important people are taking a well-deserved break. Um, that's right. Alberta's teachers are out there acting just like regular folks on vacation. We wanted to get some arts educators on the podcast to celebrate the work they do. So this week we're joined by Mile Zero Dance's education coordinator, Jody Vandekirkov, and artistic director, Jerry Marita, to talk about that company's in-school dance programs, which have brought dance to over 100,000 young students in Edmonton since 1985. Uh, we're also joined by Shane Lawrence, host of the Ed Podcast, um, which is also a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can hear more of this interview on the most recent episode of Ed, which we'll link to in our show notes. Um, but for now, have a listen to our chat with Mile Zero Dance. Um, I'm here with a couple of very special guests today. We're waiting to be joined by one more, but uh, we're going to get you both to introduce yourselves um, right now. How about... So let's start, let's start over here. Okay, I'm Jody Van de Kirkhove, and I'm the Mile Zero Dance Outreach Coordinator. And I'm Jerry Morita, I'm Artistic Director at Mile Zero. So Mile Zero, mm -hmm. which is a professional presenting company, also does um, education and outreach in schools. And I wonder how this, um, how this weighs into uh, Mile Zero's mission overall. Um, education has always been one of the cornerstones of Mile Zero's mandates, which is like education, creation, and production of dance. And if you've attended any of these arts focus groups, it always ends up education being a major point that needs improving in Alberta and Canada in general. Um, kids need access to art and to dance in order to get early experiences to flush out their own creativity and to later enjoy the arts in a larger capacity. And Mile Zero has always been committed to providing that bridge resource to the community in different ways. Mm -hmm. That was an interesting part about some of the Edmonton Arts Council sessions that uh, recently uh, went around town. And they did, they did sessions for each discipline as well as different communities and things like that. And I found that um, one of the strongest uh, proponents of talking about education was actually in the dance session. Um, and mm, I w huh. why, do you, why do you think that is? Because, I mean, I went to ones for the writing session and others and mm. theater as well, festivals, and it, the dance orga organizations and dance community was just kind of hitting hard on the education idea. Um, mm, that's interesting. I think sometimes because we dance uses the body, too, and not tactile things all the time, right? Whereas visual art can use tactile. So I think sometimes... And I think it's sometimes very vulnerable for people to move their bodies. So I think that's sometimes where, you know, dance education um, 
we we want to make it a positive experience and make it a rewarding experience for everyone. So we're always trying to promote it and mm. and acknowledge it and mm. yeah. Um, one of the, I was reading some of your outreach and education uh, materials that you supplied, thank you, <laughs> uh, be before the interview, and um, you talk about the idea of physical literacy. Um, so can you kind of unpack what physical literacy is and why, why is it important for um, stu young students to learn? Okay, so I have a, I'm going to, before we talk about the physical literacy, I have this, uh, when I hear non-movers, non-dancers, those are two language words I don't necessarily would ever use in dance education because I really believe everyone can be a mover, everyone can be a dancer. We may not all be professionals, but we can all move, we can all dance. So physical literacy is, there's seven components of um, moving, basically having movement. So physical dance is now one component of physical literacy under the umbrella of, yeah, physical literacy. Yeah. There's dance is one umbrella there. Mm -hmm. So I think um, getting students to move and not necessarily gym, in the typical gym class, you know, where they're throwing basketballs and <laughs> doing that kind of thing. I think having another physical literacy component of dance is super important mm -hmm. and another way to, um, moving. So how is, um, I guess then in terms of what you're bringing to classes and stuff, how is dance um, and and that sort of physicality different than some, you know, other physical activity sports or or that kind of, or even, you know, like individual, not just competitive sports, but individual um, just kind of physical activity? I think the biggest thing I see with the kids is they feel like they can express themselves. So that's the biggest difference because in sports you can't always express yourself right so we might even say um, we're gonna move today how do you feel today everyone and they might say oh I feel kind of sad well let's try and move sad like today so I think just being able to bring emotion and expression into that is one of the biggest difference and a lot of times that's what kids will say to us mm. is that I was allowed to and we get a lot of kids who maybe don't excel at the academics or who have English as a second language mm. or, you know, some other barrier to their normal school experience. And when they get into the dance class, they're able to really excel and it's new for them and it gives them confidence. And so in in a normal phys ed class, almost everything is competitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a dance class, it's you're either working with yourself and your own expression or else you're communicating with other people somehow and cooperating. I mean, I feel like I never got this kind of opportunity uh, as, as a young student um, to, to, be, to have dance in school. Yeah. I had gymnastics and I mm. had, you know, like certain sports stuff, but mm -hmm. um, the dance component was always something that I had to seek out as an, in extracurricular ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so in including this as part of a regular curriculum or as part of like when kids are in their school, how do you think that makes them um, value the experience differently? I think there's value in seeing every kid in your class involved in the, the same dance class and it not being an elitist 
thing that only the rich kids get to do. Because mm-hmm. I remember, you know, the kids who were in dance in elementary school would seem to be like, ooh, like it was like kind of a status symbol in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's expensive. A lot of parents can't afford that. And to really have this like group action over the period of a residency, which is one week or two weeks, it's not like sometimes mm-hmm. theater residencies are one day even, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we really work with the kids for a long period of time to develop each class's skills together. Mm-hmm. And I know there is some specific schools who offer dance, but Mile Zero goes into a lot of schools that have never even experienced dance and don't even, some don't even know what it is, right? Like a little kindergarter in mm-hmm inner city here sometimes they're just in awe of this new experience um i think there's lots of things values i think uh, this whole like jerry said working the collaboration with the other students in the class i think it brings out social skills too to be able to talk and because our program i want to talk about that a little different is a little bit different we go in and we talk with the students and we collaborate with the students. We don't just go in and teach dance moves. Mm-hmm. So we're not like mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight, here we go, follow. So we want to make this a, a collaborative more experience with the students. So it's a little more creative, I guess you'd call it, a little more creative aspects involved. And it, it can also be like mixed in with the curriculum so they could be doing like a, a science unit on amphibians or something and end up making a frog dance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. so it's it's a little different than kind of sometimes what people think dance you know, mm-hmm. step right. touch. It's not that. Yeah. And so what are some of the responses that you get from students sort of realizing that they're, you know, physically um, f- or physically trying to like show an idea? Or, or show an emotion. Um, how do, I mean, I think that we are not, we're just naturally, like in the Western world, definitely not taught how to do that or how, it's, uh, how it could be completely appropriate to do that. Um, so, so what are some of the barriers that you have to break down with students, I guess, to get them into it? The kids are really imaginative. They are. And they do just go for it. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, I would say with what you're talking about, it's more with the old, like grade six, maybe you'd have to like buy them in a little more. Mm -hmm. But I always say, if you're doing it, the teacher's doing it, a lot of times the kids are gonna buy in. And I think I always reiterate when I go into the space, it's just, we're gonna have an open mind and we're just going to play and Mm -hmm. just keep that. And nothing's, I mean, I always say nothing's right or wrong. Maybe that's not a good thing to say, but we're just going to make choices that we're ready to today. It might be a different choice mm-hmm. than tomorrow. And the kids get to do their own problem solving and come up with physical solutions. Like, how would you move from here to there and pop up at the end? And they'll come up with something, and then they want to share it. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're taking ownership. So that's the little bit of a difference from Mile Zero's education program. So um, Mm. you have these residencies that last one or two weeks. 
Um, Sometimes three, two. Oh, We've had wow. a couple, three. Yeah. So, um, so what what is the what is the arc of them? How how do they start and and how do they end? Do they always end <laughs> in performance or? <laughs> Most of the time they do, but not always. So we usually go in. I usually meet with the teachers and the staff or the principal like a few weeks before, and just I like to get to know the school, feel it out, um, and we do always talk about. Like Jerry said, maybe there's themes, maybe, and a lot of times the teachers and principal really like that idea of cross um, curriculum. So often, for example, Jerry gave the frogs, but we, there was a recycling unit they were doing. So we were told, <laughs> you know, grade sixes, and it's just very simple themes. So I would meet with them a couple weeks before, learn what they would want to do. Then I'd have a meeting with the Mile Zero re teachers reiterate that, talk about that, give the schedule. Then typically we go in on a Monday and we have this lecture demo, which is kind of about a 45 minute to an hour performance. Mm -hmm. the, the teachers mm -hmm. that the students are going to have are dancing. So they think it's really exciting that these teachers are gonna be, these dancers are gonna be teaching them. Mm -hmm. So that's usually 45 minutes to an hour. And then we go right into the to the teaching and usually the blocks are about half an hour to 45 minutes mm -hmm. and we try to see in if it's a two-week three-week period we want to see every grade five times so five times and then if the principals communicated they want a final performance then during that those times we'd have a little bit of a product at the end mm -hmm. but again it's collaborative it's working getting ideas with the students mm -hmm. and then at the end the Friday of then there'd be a little afternoon performance that parents can attend and whoever mm -hmm. like two o'clock ish and that's so interesting that you have the performance aspect that they can see first um, mm. because I think that that's something that I mean other than when you get taken to the ballet as a young child mm. you don't often see professional contemporary dancers doing their thing um, until well until you're much older and, and you've kind of had mm -hmm. that exposure already um, yeah. And so for, for these kids, um, what's, what sort of change do you see throughout the residency? What are some of like, you know, the I'd things say that confidence mm -hmm. is the big thing. Confidence and just even body awareness. Like by the end, you know, you might have a student super close to you that and they're learning their kinesthetic awareness a little bit there. <laughs> Social space. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and being able to dance, and by the end, we're you're dancing. Oh, and sometimes the teachers are quite impressed that we're able to control the class or teach anything without forcing them to sit down and be uh -huh. quiet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because the sound level can get pretty high sometimes, but the kids are active and engaged, and like it's it's just a different way of learning. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so much learning is like sit still and absorb or listen, you know. And this is a very different way of of learning. I mean, I honestly I don't remember um, these kinds of opportunities until I was in you know high school, and I went to an arts high school. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, so in terms of long game. Where do you think some of your students are going to go? Have you seen any of them um, go into, like, dance? Or have they expressed that they want to, you know, do more dance? Do you think they'll be patrons of the arts in the end? <laughs> I really wonder. <laughs> like, we just taught at Norwood School. Yeah. And, like, some kids now, 
like that school's maybe like five Three, blocks yeah, it's from the studio. Mm-hmm. They they stop in at Miles Zero Dance on their way home. <gasps> they really? Yeah, they, they do. Drop it's in it's and really chat. look for Jeannie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hello. All right. We're joined by another guest. <laughs> okay, we'll take a pause for a minute here while we get set up. <laughs> This week, we wanted to highlight one of our partners on the Alberta Podcast Network, which focuses on the magic of story. The Bothy is a podcast where Callum Lichen brings you storytelling in all its glorious forms. Listen for tales, interviews, business practices, or workshops, all relating to the art of storytelling. And during the Edmonton Fringe, you can catch Callum and his kilt live at the Kids Fringe. For more info about the Bothy Podcast and all of our APN friends, visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. Questions for all right. already. <laughs> That's true. I don't know what's I don't know what's already happened. Um, so what about uh, you know you've got those kids who who just don't wanna. How do you how do you pull them out? What's what's your in your bag of tricks to help them kind of get into it? So in my experiences, maybe the first class they don't want to, uh, and maybe they'll observe. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I we ne- I never push students into pull them and try to get them to come in. <laughs> we don't, I don't believe in that. Okay. If they just want to sit on the side mm-hmm. on a bench and just observe, day two, we've got them in. I've never seen... Just the pressure builds up. I've never seen kids not participate by mm-hmm. the end of our residency. Usually they're all up there. And I would say that's um, emphasizing our mile zero instructors and how great they are too, because uh-huh. they can do that. They have the tools and they they know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about how many of your residencies will end in performance. Um, but how do you um, get students to buy in that performance isn't a necessary thing to, to being a mover, to, to dancing? Mm. Is it or is? It is not. Um, I, I, I think that it, it's best for them to come away with an idea that they can move whether they're whether or not there's music, yeah. whether mm-hmm. or not there's someone watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how does that how does that sort of that idea feed into um, wh- how you're teaching them? Oh, that's that's interesting. I've never thought of it. But typically. Mm. Um, because we don't the dance is usually like partly made up by the kids. Mm-hmm. so that they're creating it and so usually the impetus to show it is because they're proud of what they've done mm-hmm. um, but the process is fun so it, it doesn't there. have to be performance oriented and sometimes in the really short residencies the doing the show depending on the school can feel like a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. can actually like change and make it less fun because it gets too product oriented. Yeah. Like if there's only yeah. three classes. Too much pressure. Half an hour yeah. each. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is interesting when we sometimes don't have that product at the end and just process during the two, three weeks, how it is a different because I think sometimes even the instructors feel a little bit of pressure that they've gotta get something by the end. Mm-hmm. It's got to look a certain way. Or their or regular or teachers like practicing with them <laughs> in the other times mm. and like putting the pressure on. Mm-hmm. So but at the same time, like Jerry said, they're proud of what they've um, accomplished and it's really cute to see 
the parents come and they're so proud and they've got their cameras and the other um, teachers in the school. So I think, I mean, it's a fine line, right? I think maybe I'm kind of interested in this because I've been reading a lot about ecstatic dance and just like how, <laughs> how you know, in certain times in history or even at certain ages, like your, mm -hmm. you know, your four-year-old, mm -hmm. um, dance is this thing that happens naturally without mm -hmm. a, you know, without pressure for, yeah. um, a, you know, a product at the end or anything like that. And mm -hmm. maybe that's more about our natural. Um, our natural inclination to improvise or or I'm not, I'm not sure um, mm. but so I'm wondering you know between like what you're what you're kind of teaching in a structured way um, how, how do you um, how do you hope that that kind of transfers over into say like learning improv skills or or just being happy dancing you know <laughs> at, at home in the shower <laughs> I, yeah a lot of what we teach are improv, improv structures yeah. anyways so that they're they're tools that the kids can like continue to play with or their teachers can harness for whatever purposes later and typically like when i go into teach young kids i have a lesson plan that I use um, Brain Dance Compatibility, Anne Green Gilbert, great book. <laughs> and we have a concept, we explore the concept, we develop the concept, we locomate, locomote through the space with the concept, and then, mm -hmm. so, and within, Jerry's exactly right, within this, there is improv skills, but there's also a little bit of structure. So that's the beauty of, think, of Mile Zero's, um, education. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit different because we allow all those layers within the lesson. And I think my favorite show that I've seen was the one with all the special needs kids. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that one? Was it King Edward Park? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that was really interesting. Like some of those kids had never, you know, shown anything or performed for their parents before and parents were really moved by it and like there were so many kids who had aides, like who had teacher aides with them, doing the performance with them. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really beautiful. And often we use props with our teaching too. So we have ribbon sticks. Mm -hmm. And So you talk about um, on your website, and then I hear you kind of touching on it right now, about having sort of a thematic approach to your mm -hmm. dance, and the thing that really kind of stood out to me is you talk about, or someone, someone in your group wrote about, <laughs> um, that you can touch on all areas of curriculum and even throw into things like science and social studies. So I'm not very imaginative. So can you help me, you know, connect the dots on that one? Because I, uh, I, I love. I, I'm a huge fan of cross-curricular learning. Um, uh, I teach a, a film studies course that stretches mm -hmm. across three different classes. Um, and it's like my, my shining pride and joy, and I won't shut up about it, but I will now. So you can tell me about how you connect the dots. How do you do that with dance? Uh, well, I'll give you a few examples. So maybe they're working on haikus in English. I think okay. that's grade three or grade four. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, so they're working on haikus. Mm -hmm. We can create movement to those words. Okay. Another example, science, they might be working on magnets. That's grade two, I think, or three. 
So oh, okay. we I'm do, getting it now. We do. We could do a whole dance with this abstraction of magnets. It doesn't have to be uh, literal. Yeah. But we'll. <laughs> yes, yeah, like you're you're north and you're south. Yeah. And... Yeah, and then. Um, okay. What are some other examples that we've done? Maybe we've done perfect. It's like physics. We've you know? done yeah, insects. Kids yeah. <laughs> insects too. We've done insects. Yeah. Yeah. So Anything with animals. animals. Oh, so there's different insects. kinds of locomotion. Exactly. You could do yeah. weather systems. Yep. And like, we just put it in our body and. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This you could do like so the fun. forest fires of Alberta. Like uh -huh. you could do current events. <laughs> oh my goodness. But wouldn't it have been great when you were like a young kid to have some fairly complex, you know, like scientific or even mathematical ideas illustrated physically for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of doing all of this in my kitchen. <laughs> I needed instruction. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like grade 12 calculus. Right? We're going to calculate the area under a curve. Go. Well, you've seen those like YouTube things where they do people's theses. Oh, the TED Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like chemical reactions and things yeah. in yeah. bodies is actually super funny, <laughs> even for adults. Yeah. Chem well, well how, how do you feel about that for even just like adult, adult benefit? You know, um, I think I have seen some of those TED Talks and I think that it's, I think that it's really fascinating to just sort of like, you know, very straight up physically illustrate something. Um, that can be very complex and difficult to understand if you're just like, I don't know, reading words that mm -hmm. say it or... <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm one of those people that always prefers a pie chart to a budget. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'd rather see things physically illustrated. And do you find, I mean, do you get to, to come back to a school and see the results or any sort of lasting impact that you have? Yeah, sometimes... Schools even want us back every year, mm -hmm. so we'll go back, and they're so excited to have Mile Zero back in this space. Um, and Jerry, w before you were in, it was we had we were at Norwood School, mm -hmm. and we have a few. We're we reside like about five blocks south of Norwood School, and we have some s Norwood students who come down to Mile Zero Dance. Oh no way! Oh yeah, and they come into the studio. Wow. And they are looking for their teachers. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Then do you do you actually then have your you have your own studio? So do you teach out of that just like in a more uh, typical traditional sense? Mm, no, atypical oh. and mostly <laughs> mostly adult classes. Oh, okay. like we don't really teach a lot of like children. We have like a a three to six year old mm -hmm. class uh -huh. and then but it's mostly adults. Much adults yeah tell me more about that is that is that again sort of in the same vein of what you do in schools or is it more of a five six seven eight one two one two kind of um, excuse me complete lack of knowledge yeah <laughs> yeah we're pretty atypical like we're a nonprofit, and we try you know we're not competing with the studios out there we're mm -hmm. offering things that aren't otherwise really available so mm -hmm. weird stuff like noguchi taiso Contemporary dance. Um, we Buto. have a, a house class. Um, Buto. 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 Contact improv. <laughs> that was our warm-ups. I remember. <laughs> Who is your teacher? Oh, shoot. I can't remember her name. I wish I could. Buto is sort of like a classic theater school warm-up, though. Linda Adams taught me Buto. Oh, maybe it was Linda home. Adams. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> she was really small and, like, always turned up to 12. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Probably. Like, like <laughs> a peaceful 12, but just like energy all the time. She was amazing. Maybe it was Linda Adams. I can't remember. It was U of A? Uh, I did it at Vic. 
in high school. Okay, never mind. So yeah. <laughs> no, this is I didn't take a lick of drama in high school. Not 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 even a little bit. And now you're a theater school teacher. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I do drama. I also do computers. So, but not so much wow. dancing going on there, except when the kids are playing Fortnite. But you know. <laughs> oh gosh. Mm-hmm. So okay, you're you're working with Alice. This is. This kind of fascinates me because, I mean, as teachers, you know, one of the things we like to talk about is, is stress relief and that kind of thing. I mean, is there a connection there? Like, is this something that people come in and we're like, I just want to move and dance and just have fun? Or am I just reaching here? It makes a huge difference to kids to be able to move their bodies. And mm-hmm. some kids, especially in elementary school, more than others, really, really, really need to move. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, you can see the difference in their behavior and just how calm they can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also teach a lot of adults. Mm-hmm. So I have my mile zero. I'm the outreach coordinator education, but I also teach adults. And um, should I talk about that a little bit? Far away. Sure. Like in, yeah. Yeah. So I teach uh, sessional work at Concordia and the U of A. And uh, I always am fascinated by them and what can be accomplished in that semester Mm -hmm. if given the tools again and that safe space and that ethical i talk a lot about ethical practices too Mm -hmm. because i grew up in a in a practice that was very unethical unethical (laughs) and ballet can be so Mm. um, that's why i think i've drifted so much to the other spectrum that just allows more freedom, collaboration, partnership. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really try to facilitate in my teaching a little bit. So can you expand on that a little bit, the idea of, of ethical teaching? I've never Okay, so <laughs> in ballet, back, I mean, if you take mm-hmm. a... I'm sorry, my, my ballet background is a little bit thin. <laughs> so. so I'm going to ballet because it's often where the ethics comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, the aesthetics... There's sometimes the aesthetics of a body that um, being a six foot tall dancer, I was always told you're never going to be a dancer. So you're never going to excel in ballet. You shouldn't be dancing. Weight. um, uh, There's a certain structure in class, you Mm. know, no talking, basically creating obedient bodies, docile bodies. Mm. So. Yeah, not long ago, like if you watch the movie Fame, <laughs> the teacher's carrying a stick. Yeah. That's for hitting kids with. That's unethical. That's <laughs> unethical. <laughs> so that's that's kind of how, like, people older than us definitely were trained we're that trained. way. But yeah. we were kind of the tail end of it. And you've thankfully shaken that off. So I not... think it's it needs a lot of work, but I think there is dance education that's mm. educating dance educators mm-hmm. like us and where I'm constantly taking education to better my practice, teaching practice. So mm-hmm. I think it is changing. I don't think it's changed, but I think it's evolving. It's There's the a right lot direction. of uh, yeah. social pressure in dance that kids are really receptive to, like what they see on on TV or in commercials or in music videos is the kind of dance they're going to think that they need to do and that's the body that they think they need to have to Mm -hmm. dance yeah and so a lot of what we do is just breaking down those barriers yeah just those preconceived ideas like even in in first year university 
in an improv class I've had, like the girls would basically, you know, start doing booty dance, mm. given <laughs> full freedom to do anything they wanted to do. <laughs> and then it's like, wow, like you're really already trained to do this with your body and mm-hmm. like how to expand the possibilities and the potential for people. Well, there is does seem to be a very strong connection between, yeah, the perception of your own body and dance. And it, what you're saying is it's a real, there's also a real cultural aspect to it as well. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, my daughter's in dance right now. <laughs> Terrified. When do I pull her out? What do I do? Oh, no. Oh. Well, so one of the... Don't, don't let her wear false eyelashes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I wore them once for a Halloween costume. Yeah, I, I'm fully in support of no yeah. false eyelashes. They're horrible things. <laughs> Even Ukrainian dance, like the costuming and makeup can be a little <laughs> bit oppressive. <laughs> That's what I grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I come through to Mile Zero mostly through an adult audience perspective. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of contemporary work that you guys do, things like the Dirt Buffet, um, the, the, the Blue Jeans performance. I don't remember what it was called <laughs> last year. Um, but these are things that I find Personally, I just can't imagine how you guys do work like that. That is so, I mean, it is, it's, it's witty and it's um, just interesting and it, it does involve a lot of props usually too. Yeah. Um, but how, you know, I, I, it surprised, when I heard more about the education programs that you guys do, I was like, how is it that mile zero sort of <laughs> like, you know, like the contemporary, like, cutting-edge dark horse in Edmonton is the one that's in the schools. Um, I don't know that a lot of other contemporary companies are have mm-hmm. invested as much in their education and outreach as, as your company has. Um, so, mm-hmm. so how do you keep that identity, though, that sort of like very adult, very challenging performance aspect, um, but also these, you know, reaching out to like kind of like from the very beginning of of life essentially (laughs) i don't see any contradiction at all (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's just me i feel like what we do with the adult work is actually very childlike in in a way like trying to keep that innocence and original feeling that attracted me to dance in the first place is what we try to bring bring to the kids and work with them and I mean, teaching dance is also good employment for dancers, that it's mm-hmm. part of our mandate is to give work to dancers. And it's a an issue in this city to keep the professional dancers here. And keeping them teaching is one of the ways that we do it. And I think Mile Zero, we, Mile Zero established 1985, so it's the longevity there is, mm. and I think a lot of times the schools see that. Wow, you've been doing this for 30 years. It says something. Mm. So rather than a company or somebody that's just trying to sell their residency after a year or two, I mean, that longevity in the da- school mm. dance education has been there. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that the improv techniques that are built into the schools are like really connected to the adult work that we do that is like more like built on collaboration and process than having 
five, six, seven, eight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I learned a lot this year at one of your performances. Um, it was two parts. There was a dinner party first, and then there was a performance <laughs> about the dinner party. Um, and I was one of the guests at the dinner party. I got my seat in there. And then I got to see the performance afterward. Um, and just seeing the, you know, certain things that happened at the dinner and seeing how they kind of manifested on the stage afterwards was fascinating. Um, you know, I think it, I did learn, I did learn how it kind of, like some of the cogs, mm -hmm. you know, how they come together. Um, and I've never, you know, I don't think audience members normally get that kind of a thing. Yeah. So. And like every dance, every choreographer is different. And with the kids, like what we're kind of teaching them is autobiography. And so no matter what their background is or what they're going through, they can find their own tools to express themselves in dance. That's their own unique, important version of themselves that they can share. And that that's really what people are doing in the art scene. Or dance as autobiography. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's that seems like a much healthier connection than you know dance as just your body and its, its ability to you know move in certain ways. So I mean, how do you how do you approach that with your students with the students? How do you get them to sort of connect those things together? Dance is not about you know booty shaking or whatever, mm -hmm. but is actually about expressing who you are. I mean, what's the work that happens there? Well, even with the really young kids, we start with the name game, mm -hmm. like a very basic, Base. basic exercise where, mm -hmm. you know, you introduce in a circle formation as opposed to lines, you know, yeah. which are more oppressive. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, and I would say my name, Jerry, and I would do like a movement that mm. somehow expresses my name. Right. And, and then the whole class reiterates that motion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and just that initial step, once kids see that and figure that out, they're able to make like a little movement sentence or a phrase that comes from their own ideas or from, you know, a problem solving situation if it's like. Another example too is I might say, um, okay, how are you guys all feeling today? Let's create a low shape in that feeling. So mm. they might be like, or they might be soft or they might be strong. Right, they right, right. feel so. We, I'm incorporating those dance concepts of shape uh, levels mm -hmm. with those feelings. I love that. I mean, one of the the big movements in in education right now is the incorporation of social emotional learning mm -hmm. um, because they're finding that. Um, I mean, probably like always, but that students are, are you know, they, they struggle with expressing expressing themselves. You know, lack of empathy is a big thing. I know for me as a teacher, mm -hmm. you know, the idea that other people have feelings too. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I teach grade 7 through 12, and I, I experience this. It's like, are you just, <laughs> you're just not getting that there's other people in the world. That, that's my line now mm -hmm. to some of the students is there's other people in the world besides you. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I, I like what you're doing with this, the idea of just. And like in theater improv, there's a lot of, requirement to listen mm, yeah. to what other people have to say. And mm. we work a lot with partners so that the kids will have to watch each other and, and witness, witness each other. And even just doing that mm -hmm. teaches them how to give and take. <laughs> and, um, how can people find out about your residencies and, um, and you know, if either teachers or, or mm -hmm. anyone who wants to know about 
uh, the stuff you're doing. Yeah. Um, well, our website is number one. It's got our brochure on it. It's got our videos on it telling us, telling you what we do. You can contact me, Jody Van de Kerkhove. Um, how else? Emails are on the website, Ben? Yeah. Emails on the website. Yeah, website. Zerodance.com. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll put all of that in our show notes. Yep. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, social media, anything like that where we can follow you? Yep. Oh, yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Yep. And if you're and if you're in the um, Macaulay area, do stop by Spacio Performativo. There is art installation in the front. There's classes going on. You can always drop in and. And chat. we try to do an open house about every six months. Mm -hmm. So look for one of those, and those would be free classes and mm -hmm. a multitude of ages. Oh, fun! Mm -hmm. Great. I'll bring my kids down. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. And thanks, Shane, for doing a crossover episode. <laughs> yeah, this has been fun. It's been great. I like how, it's nice having a wingman. Wing, wing woman? Wing person. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> winged person. A winged person by my side. I'll take that. I'll take that. This episode of I Don't Get It is brought to you by ATB and the Branch for Arts and Culture. Creative minds need creative banking. That's why ATB created the Branch for Arts and Culture, a branch that understands artists don't live by the rules or standard pay schedules. So you can be creative and not have to worry about your checking account. It's a creative space for creative types, and just one more way, ATB will always be more than a bank. Find out more about ATB's Branch for Arts and Culture at atb.com slash the branch. Again, thanks to Shane and Mile Zero Dance for being on I Don't Get It this week. I'm going to give you just a couple of listings. Um, on August 9th and 10th, the Brian Webb Dance Company is presenting a new work called Place at the Theatre Lab at McEwen University's Allard Hall. It's a collaboration between Brian Webb with filmmaker Kyle Anderson and composer Mark Templeton. And it's about growing up on the flat prairie near the Drumheller Badlands, which ha happened to Brian Webb. That's a thing. Um, also speaking of the Badlands, again, Mercury Opera is gearing up for their one-night-only presentation of Carmen at the Badlands Amphitheater in Drumheller on August 4th, and Fringesaurus Rex is coming. Um, the Fringe runs August 16th through 26th in, um, not only in Old Strathcona anymore, it's pretty much everywhere in the city. So, uh, yeah, you'll be able to check out all sorts of things all throughout August. Um, yeah, so that's all we've got for now, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you're having a great summer, and uh, yeah, go see some stuff. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenoff. Sit here thinking, my love.